0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Adam Klickfeld's weekly Rashi study class.
1: We're on the third chapter of the book of Shemot, and I believe that we completed the Rashi on verse 14, on Aya Asher Ahiyah, right? We talked about this notion of, also coming in of what's interesting about god's name being described that way just on the pshat level what do the words mean i will be that i will be i will be who i will be i will be when i will be it's hard to know what the pshat means and rashi quoting a midrash interpolating into that comment a uh, a conversation between moshe and god with moshe saying to god one of the many times that moshe kind of puts a mirror up to god and says to god this is this is how you're appearing in this scene, is want it want to appear. And basically saying that Asher Ahia suggests that God is promising presence and comfort now during this moment of travail and in any future moment of travail. And God, Moshe says back to God, why should you let them know about future travails, future oppressions? This is enough right now. It's It will be overwhelming to them. God says you're right, essentially. So instead of telling them that yeah, I share. I will be who I will be. Sent you to them. Tell them. yeah, sent you to them. I will be. I wh- wh- whoever I am to you right now, that is is the one who's going to take you out. Rashi glosses over what's odd about the name itself, and not Elo, you know, right? The God of your ancestors, God doesn't go there, at least not initially. It's this sense of divine being and presence is going to be the, the the name that Moshe is told to invoke when he goes to the Israelites. And then as someone pointed out two weeks ago, that's not even what happens, right? So when, when Moshe comes before the Israelites and they have this encounter, God, Moshe does not say, eh, hey, yeah, sent me to you. Nor does God say, hey eh, yeah, I eh, yeah, sent me to you. There's a different encounter, in, in, but we're not at that part yet. So um, were there any any final or extra thoughts on that before we jump into the next verse? I don't think we've read verse um, 15 yet as a, as a class. Anyone? Okay. Um, let's see. Um, Sue, do you want to un, 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 uh, show your video and read verse 15? And everyone, we're in chapter 3, verse 15 of the book of Shemot. If you're in the Torah Chaim Chumash that we have, it's on page Lamed Daled, but any Chumash chapter three verse fifteen. so you there? I am.
2: I'm a little. uh I wasn't. Okay, wait. Just give me one second here. Chapter three, sure. verse fifteen. Bayomer? No. Bayomer? No.
1: Bayomer. Hey, yes. Verse fifteen. Ted Verse fifteen.
2: Why do I have that? We were going to be on sixteen. No, wrong.
1: You read verse fifteen, folks.
2: Yeah. Okay. Vayomer El Moshe, El Adon El El Adonai Elohe Abuten or Alechem Shalhani the,
1: the, the hurry, the door, the door. Yes. Yes, you, you okay. instinctively added a vav in between the door and door because that's how we normally say it colloquially, ledor vador. But here in the Torah, it's simply the door, door Right? The oh. repetition of the noun suggesting the additive v, uh, but it's actually not there. Ze z z ledor Generation, 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 okay. implying generation to generation.
2: Isn't that funny? It just yeah. went in there in my head.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Um,
1: it's a big thing.
2: Yes. Um, okay. And, and, and God further God said to Moses, uh, go Ben Israel, go and say to the people of Israel, Adonai, that, that God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of, the God of, your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, sent me to you, the Shemila Alam, and this is my name, and this is how I'll be remembered um, generation to generation.
1: Good, right? So it's in this verse that we seem to get the answer that we might have anticipated um, in the previous verse, which is Who am I? You know exactly who I am. The same God that you've been hearing about throughout your sojourn in Egypt, who appeared to your ancestors and to whom you've been committed, right? So look at that. That ode is very interesting. Vayomer, ode Elohim. So God, in addition to the, I'll just say it, the sort of weird uh, name and verse in the previous, um, the weird name in the previous verse, there's God continues to speak after this either encounter with Moshe in the Midrash or, not after that encounter in the Peshat, and says, "You know what? There's another name I want you to bring to them. Kotomar of Ben Israel. This is what you should say to them: The God of your of your of your ancestors, of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob is the one who sent me to you." And then this interesting uh, double phrase: Zeshemi, this is my name, Leolam, forever. Wait till- and this is my something, right? My memory doesn't seem to be like like something that I got him remembering, or this is the way you will remember me, or this is how you will mention me. The, 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 the word zecher in Hebrew is hard to actually translate in terms of figuring out whose memory is being uh, discussed. Ledor, door, four or two generation, generation. Okay. So I already see some hands. Let's see what the uh, kind of questions that are that might come up on this, and then we'll take a look at the Rashi eventually. Uh, Matt, we neither hear you nor see you. There you go. Now we see you. We still don't hear you. No, don't hear you. We see your lips moving. We know you're saying something. I'll come back to you in a second if you can't figure it out. All right, Barry.
3: Uh, so um... wait, I'm up. I'm up. I can I can say what I want to say because it's very short. Okay. Door door I think may be also read as many generations, uh-huh. and I va- I vaguely remember I think reading or trying to learn Arabic and sometimes they do that in Arabic they double I think or some other language but they double the the word and that means uh, a big plural.
1: Yeah, and interestingly, in the Aramaic, when Unclef comes to translate it. He- Adds in the the same vav that Sue added in, right? Vadein dachrani. This is my zecher in Aramaic. The Zion turns to a dalid. Lechol he adds a chol dar vadar for every generation and generation, right? So is this simply a doubling of generations? Is it a is it a, a, a Hebrew phrase that suggests liol mead every generation? And does the vav have to be there? Interesting that it's not Perfect. necessarily to be there in Arabic.
3: It's a, a multi a multiplying of
1: generations. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thank uh, you, Barry.
4: So, uh, um, this who is the subject uh, of this uh, sentence? Uh, I, I I'm assuming this is God talking to Moshe, but God is saying that Adonai Elohe um Shalachani. So, why is God? talking in the third person that Adonai, uh, God, Adonai sent him, God. It's confusing. Well,
1: well, once you get to Kotomar el-Bene Israel, such that you should, this is what you should say to the Israelites, everything else is in quotation marks, which is the words that Moshe should say to the Israelites. And since Moshe is going to be referring to God in the third person, when God is feeding Moshe those words, it's in the third person, as it were. So, so God, say to Mo, uh, Moshe, say to, say to the Israelites, the God who is the God of your, not our, your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, is the one who sent me, me meaning Moshe, to you. So it's a, it's, it's a quote that God gives to Moshe to say, referencing God, but the one who's going to be saying it is not God, but rather Moshe.
4: Right. But I, I have an issue with that because it continues on zeshemi. Right so that's probably So it's, it's, there's, there's no one quote here it's it's a continuation of the previous sentence that the the subject of the previous sentence is now saying zeshemi.
1: Right so exactly so either it's that um, that that the quotation mark ends at the atnaqta alechem. that's the end of what Moshe should say to the Israelites. And now God is saying to Moshe, "By the way, Moshe, someone into the room. This is my true name, my forever name, and this is the way I'll be remembered from generation to generation." But you're right; that seems to be um, that seems to be uh, God speaking to Moshe, clarifying the name that Moshe is supposed to say, not within the quotation marks of what Moshe is supposed to say to the Israelites. Correct, um, Elon, and then Rebecca and then we'll get to their hands.
5: I'm just curious. It seems uh, interesting slash odd that God feels compa- compelled to say, this is my name forever. One would not introduce your, my, I wouldn't introduce myself and say, hi, my name is Elon. it's my name forever, unless I was Luau Sender, in which case, hi, my name is Luau Sender. It will soon be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I'm curious as to why that, uh, why that's
4: put like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and why, and what Rashi is going to focus on is less the question of why a God would have to announce that this is my forever name. God, Rashi is going to focus on the fact that that is said basically twice. Right? What's the difference between Zeshmi Olam on the one hand and Ze La Dor Dor? This is my remembrance from generation to generation. Um, and you're right. That's not how we would. Um, that's not how we would introduce ourselves unless we wouldn't use those words, unless, unless maybe it is right. Sometimes we actually want to establish how we want to be known in a certain setting, to be known this way and not that way. Um, I got to think about that. If there's there's a human analog to that, Um, but it, but it isn't, it is 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 an interesting phrasing. Certainly the doubling is an interesting phrasing. Rebecca and then Joanna.
6: My, my question is sort of related to Elon's question really is, is why, does God have to say
0: this is how I'll be remembered? Does that mean I'm showing up here, I'm going to do something, and I'm going to disappear? Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, the whole issue, the old, the whole notion of remembering rather than just knowing, is surprising, mm-hmm. uh, especially
6: after a yeah, Sherry is interpreted as I'll be here now and I'll be, you know, I'll be with you forever or in your next troubles as well. So that was surprising
1: to me yeah um so just a helpful reminder for all of us and reminding myself I say it out loud that in hebrew the root zayin kaf resh is um related both to memory and to mentioning which i suppose are similar concepts we don't think of it as similar concepts in english because they're different words um but when you mention something that you are um you you are, you are causing yourself to remember it or for it to be remembered right when um, Halakha understands that the mitzvah of Zachor at Yom HaShabbat show, right? Remember the Shabbat, the Sabbath day, and keep it holy. How do you fulfill that mitzvah? Anyone know what, what is the Jewish act that has you fulfill the primary, one of the two primary mitzvot of Shabbat? One is Shamor, guard, protect, and one is Zachor, which we would translate it as remember. How do you actually fulfill it? Anyone know halakhically What act on Shabbat fulfills that? Kiddush, I think. Kiddush, you think. Correct, right? When we say Kiddush and we mention God and mention God having created Shabbat, that is halakhically the fulfillment of the obligation of Zachor. So we don't think of Kiddush as a memory moment. We think of it as a recitation. But in Hebrew, they're linked. So when we, and and, and I think conceptually they're linked, we're just not trained to think of it that way because they are different roots in English. So it's unclear because we're just uncovering this word for the first time as it were in this class, what even the basic pshat of ze is. Is it my memory, the memory of me, or is it something having to do with how I'm gonna be called, a, a mentioning and a naming, specifically because it seems to be almost like a, a rhythmic doubling of shmi and zichri. So shmi and zichri, the fact that they're that both are said, suggests somewhat paradoxically that they're, they're similar, but they're different. They're similar enough to be in, in a couplet, but they're different enough that it it bears having the second one be recited. And Rashi is going to play with that a little bit, um, and 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 as we'll see, Rashi is going to go in the le- in the direction of name and mentioning rather than memory per se. Uh, Joanna
0: two things, two words that are jumping out at me. One is when it says Viomer Ode, normally like in biblical conversation when we switch speakers, um, so we may see, you know, a new Viomer, but that Ode to me suggests one of two things. Either that there was a time lapse between the previous conversation and this one, and if so, why? Why was there need for Thought before continuing the conversation, or in some way that this is a different topic, this is going in a different direction. So, what is that? And um, also, Vizesh uh, olam. Um, le'olam, so a little bit similar to what's been said, but like, what is that Le'olam add? Even if I have different names that are used in different contexts, they're all my, you know, they're all always my names, right? Uh, what's the difference between having a name and having a name forever? It's your name. Your name is your name forever. Even if you have different names or different titles used in different contexts.
1: Great comments, Joanna. Um, And I I don't even want to hazard a response because those are questions that should, should, should linger. And I, I don't, I don't have a certainly a dispositive answer to that. I think that the midrashic thrust that Rashi picks up on that adds some layers to the previous verse which is not necessarily in the pshat is somehow reinforced by the ode the the, the suggestion that this was not just um, that verse 14 didn't immediately follow immediately get followed by verse 15 and there's something going on in god's own sense of self such that in all, on a verse level, immediately after God says, this is my, not, my name, God says again, no, this is my name, and this is the one that I should be called by forever. And by the way, verse 15 is borne out, right? We do not refer to the Holy One in our prayers as Eheyeh Asher Eheyeh, but we do refer to Elohe Abraham, Elohei Yitzhak, right? So um, it's hard to know which of the chicken and the egg here is the reason that we do that because the verse said this is my name forever and ever or did that just kind of happen happen organically and does that then get pushed back into our verse um but the you, you're right that the ode suggests that there is some some evolution some 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 stuff happening rather than an immediate rat a tat my name is this no my name is this right? there, there, there there there's an extra thing going on there great um, Tova and then Joel? Um,
6: yeah, I was sort of reacting to the two verses together because it gives me the impression of God starting at a great distance, kind of omniscient, omnipotent, uh, omnipresent, uh, the creator, A Asher Yeh, and then coming closer and closer as he recognizes the real question has to do with relationship to mm. the people Israel, mm. and therefore the name changes. And it just occurred to me, I don't actually think this is what the peshad is, but it actually occurs to me that that could be an interesting twist on Zeshmi Le'olam, the first name I gave, was my name for all time, for all eternity. But Le Dorvador, the name I'll have in the generations in my relation with Israel, is... Elohey Avraham, Elohey
1: Yitzchak, Elohey Yaakov. Uh, that's a really lovely and sensitive read, Tova. I, I never considered that the two Zez at the end of the verse refer not just to the name in this verse, but to both yeah. names. Um, and I love how you how you're kind of shaping the conversation of God introducing God's self first in um in in, in a in a vague but important sense mm-hmm. of being and then in a in a sense of relations. Right. Really, really, lovely. Cool. Um uh Joel was next first of all I just want to tell you that the chat is still disabled the chat is disabled yeah. you all cannot chat no i don't know why that is it must be something deep in my in my um account that got changed because there's no reason for that and I, I there's no way for me to change it right where we are right now but sorry i'll i'll see if i can figure that out but i don't know i right, go ahead
7: um I, I assumed someone was going to say this, which is why I didn't raise my hand originally. And you you and Joanna, like, touched on it, got really close. Um, it sounds to me like either a continuation of the same conversation that we had in the last verse, that Moshe says, wait a second, why bring up? Okay, so just say, eh, hey, yeah. So maybe Moshe's saying, well, that doesn't make any sense. They're, they have no connection with eh, hey, yeah. They don't know who you are. Eh, hey, yeah, by itself doesn't make any sense. So then... God goes further. Okay, fine. So we'll go by this name. You could make the argument, I mean, I don't believe this, but you could make the argument that that's what Rashi is saying all along, because in the previous Rashi, it says, um, Kotomar or Gomer. It doesn't say what the Gomer is, and he does say Kotomar in both verses. So it could- he could be talking about this verse, although I don't think so.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you're right that's, that, that that's not what Rashi means. Um, but it's 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 still a worthy comment. Um, just try, trying to figure out the um, tech here. Did you all see what I chatted in the chat? Yes. But you can't. It does not allow you to respond. Correct. Oh, okay. I'll I'll try to fix that in my settings. I don't know.
0: Do you have three dots next to your chat on the bottom? If you click on those three dots, do you get to something that allows you to enable?
1: Oh yeah. Participant can chat with. Okay. Now try it yay okay now you can all talk to each other and talk behind my back hello Renee um uh Rick and then Barry and then Sue thanks Joanna
8: hi can you hear me ben. yes great okay a couple of things if I may I've been waiting to do this um if I can get organized here so we have um at the end we have me door door le door door mm-hmm. um so in my head, um, the only other time I have door-door is um, at the end of the uh, Purim Torah reading, which is at the end of Bishalak. It's the last two words, um, midor-door. Uh, that's dealing with Amalek, and uh, you got to remember him. Remember to forget him, or forget to remember him in a Generation, Generation. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in. Okay, Trope for for... Uh, for Adonai, um, there's a Ger Shaim there uh, in verse 15. Um, so this is the there's three of them. This is the first one where um, um, God says, "Okay, tell the people this, um, Adonai." So that's the kickoff. Um, that's the trope that that word is going to get. Then uh, um, God of your fathers, God of Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob. Okay. Then verse 16. Sorry to read ahead, but it's right there on the page.
1: You're t- I give you my, I pardon you. I pardon Thank
8: you. you. Second time. I don't, so gather all the people, um, God says, and tell them this. I don't uh, uh, near a uh, Eli. So and, and uh, appeared to me. And then you have Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Okay. Then the third time, what are you actually going to uh, supposed to say to Pharaoh? Uh, verse eighteen, Adonai, the same thing, and then uh, the God of the Hebrews, because Pharaoh is more interested in uh, the Hebrew slaves than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I suppose. Mm. Okay, but then when they actually get to in front of Pharaoh, they don't use that trope, and um, the uh, it's verse um, three in the next uh, in verse uh, uh, chapter five. And uh, it's in verse three. It's very calm. Elohe ha Ivrim. wait, wait. Where's the Adonai? Um, um, well, it's not a uh, 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 um Here, uh, verse one. Sorry, chapter five, verse one. Ko'amar Adonai. It's just a mapach Pashta. There's there's nothing more special about it. My gut is that they kind of got um, uh, standing in front of the court with everybody around. They kind of got intimidated a little bit Aaron did maybe he's the mild one um, seeking peace and all that maybe he didn't want to confront Pharaoh with a Gershayim so he just does it slightly with a but there it is there and then um, in verse 3 uh, there's the uh, God of the Hebrews but the Adonai there is not a ger-shayim. Um but there's something going on with the Gershayim there and these three that um God is trying to make an impression on Moses as to uh, how he wants to be uh, announced, and then it doesn't go that way. So That's thank great. you.
1: I, I have a couple of responses to that. First of all, this is in no way a critique of people who don't read Torah, but a praise for people who do. When when you read Torah a lot, like Rick does, you would just notice things that you wouldn't notice otherwise because your you 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 your your ear and your neshama are attuned to where the words appear in the Torah. So you're right. And anyone who's sort of a somewhat regular Torah reader sees this verse and says, there's a verse that I've heard much more often than this verse. And that's the, por- the verse from, from the poem reading in B'Shalach about Amalek. And I remember, um, maybe you know that before I came to Betham, I was for nine years in a small synagogue in upstate New York, and we read full Kriya every Shabbat. And I individually didn't read full Kriya every Shabbat. I had, I had other laners in the community, but sometimes it fell upon me, and I certainly read some every Shabbat. In the beginning, it was very, very onerous. I remember, I, I've always been a rather good Torah reader, but it was onerous for me on the Thursday or Friday of every week to learn you know, two, three, four columns well enough to really um, do it in shul.
8: Didn't have waited till Thursday. Sorry. Wait till Thursday. Right. <laughs> um, well,
1: you're right. And in fact, later on in my time there, I started davening uh, morning minion at, in, amongst the Satmers in Kiras Joel, I would drop my kids off at the bus for um, for Schechter, and I'd go to the minion factory, and I'd get to the either the 659 minion or the 706 minion or the 711 minion, and I would um, <laughs> sit and drink bad coffee and daven with the Satmers and start practice my Torah reading, and oftentimes, I'm so glad you mentioned that, my drash for that Shabbat would come from something that I came across while preparing the leaning, because when you're preparing the laning you have to see relationship between the words and the music tells a story and as Buber wrote that there are words in each chapter that are light forces these kind of it, it read the chapter not just every word but through the prism of certain words that keep appearing it tells a story about the chapter and the same thing with the truck right so if you if you follow the Ger Shaims right this is not quite Bible codes but if you follow the Ger Shaims in a particular Chapter and then compare it as you just did, Rick, to um, how the, the the similar verses are taught in another chapter with different different music. It tells a story, and there's a sensitivity to that that only comes. Some sensitivity only comes from the kind of st- kind of study that we're doing, and there's a sensitivity that only comes from um, a regular tone reader. So I, I, I love when you contribute that. Um, I wanted to say one more thing. I I, I love your um, this sort of fantasy that the music of the verses that we are presented with is the music through which the characters were, were going to be acting it out in <laughs> situ. That's a great yeah. notion that, that, that uh, if there wasn't a trump, there wasn't a Gershaim on God's name in chapter five, it means that Aaron wasn't singing a Gershaim, but had there been a Gershaim, Aaron would have been acting it out in that way. That That's that's a really lovely way of imagining the animation of these sectors. Um, so, thanks for thanks for that comment. Thank you, uh, Sue uh, Barry. Your hand was up; it's now down. Okay, Sue.
2: Um, I, I think that this is sort of similar to what both Toba and Joel said, but um, um, it, it just is kind of rattling around that that it, at, when when God went from Asher into you uh, know Yaakov you know who he really is you know it's sort of um an it uh, like toba said it's a nod to thinking i mean this is how we are named we are named you know shoshana but uh Aaron own this is how we're named and so he gave us a name to call him that that is that that relates to who we are you know, it tells him he, who he is in relation to us in our language and how how our own names are carried through. And, you know, throughout the Torah, everybody's grandfather and grandma, uh, you know, every it, we're that's how we're identified. And so he gave it to us in something that we can take in.
1: Fascinating. Fascinating. Great. Like a, a model for how the way God will be known as God's kind of spiritual ancestors and descendants. That's how we should make ourselves known. and uh, Norman, Rachel? Um, I think, you know, when we get to uh, chapter
3: 15, verse 3, we're going to read Adonai Shmo. Um, and I think in in light of that, I understand this line as meaning, Moshe, you can tell them it is Adonai, and just who does that? Adonai is the god of your forebears, the god of Avram, the god of Yitzhak, and god of Yankel. And uh, I, I think it's the, the trope accentuates the fact that Adonai is a very, the word Adonai, the name Adonai, is a very significant part of this verse. And I thank Rick for that, which inspired me to go find where it said Adonai Shmo, right here in the same book.
4: Ah. <laughs> in the same I, I, I'd also add to that that each of those three. God's names with a Gershaim on them has the following words as Elohe something, mm. right? So like each, like, well, it's like we're introducing this new name for God, and then it's got these various descriptive factors.
1: Great. So, Norm, if I hear you correctly, you're suggesting that that the way we almost should read the verses is this way. Kotomar of Israel, speak to the people of Israel, Adonai this is my name forever and, and what is Adonai? Adonai means so that those intervening words are, are kind of a description but the name that is my name forever is Adonai as referenced in the song by the Sea Adonai Shemo. Is that how you're reading it?
3: I am saying that Adonai is the name. I wouldn't say that Adonai is defined by God of the, the forefathers but that he is it's just a, a way of identifying that Who is is Adonai? He's the God of your ancestors. Um, But that's not the only way we define God. Later on, we'll have, you know, 13 attributes. There's lots of ways in which we can explain who God is, maybe even who God isn't. But we call him Adonai. And really, even until this day, we call him Adonai. Um, Great. Um, Maybe? Yeah, just uh, earlier we talked
4: about a human analog. And I feel like for for a name change being permanent or something like that. And it seems to me that when someone changes their name, whether it's a marriage or a conversion or something else, if they're going to declare that this is going to be my name forever, it's a, you know, statement of extra commitment or something like that. Hmm. It, it, it seems analogous to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, before I call Larry, Diane, your question in the chat about a uh, door, door of door so Dor, uh, Zed Dor Dorshav um, is from uh, Psalms 24. It's in the um, psalm that we say when we bring the Torah around, not on Shabbat. Uh, Dor Dorshav, Dor I don't know what, maybe that's there's a, a, a quote from that elsewhere, but Zed Dor Dorshav is from Ch- uh, Psalms chapter 24. Um, Larry and Diane. Um <clears throat>
5: I'm a little bit behind and just dis- discombobulated.
1: Why wow, were you doing something else this morning?
5: <laughs> <laughs> I tried to click on the Zoom as I walked back, but my phone was it didn't it didn't work for most of the most of the time. And I feel badly because Marshall should be here, but he's he's still probably still on his way back. Um, so in in Alter, it's interesting what he does. He takes the um, that last little verset after the Etnachtah and He turns it into um, into verse, okay. which, which he does quite often. Um, and I do too. And I, I admit I'm perplexed as how they know when things are verse and when they're not verse, when they're prose. That's a, a a topic for I guess for another time. But here's how he translates it. He doesn't say "and." He says, "That is my name forever, and thus I am invoked in all ages."
1: Interesting, invoked. Yeah.
5: And, he, and, and I'm glad you picked up the "invoked" because in his comment. What he says is, the the Hebrew of this brief poetic insert preserves strict grammatical, syntactical parallelism with the previous verset, quote, and that is my appellation in all ages, end quote. But English synonyms for name, Hebrew, zecher, so he's saying that zecher is name, such as appellation, which is the one that's used in JPS, appellation, appellation and um, uh, designation are too ponderously polysyllabic for this little poem so and that happens uh, just my comment is that happens a lot, especially in the j p s when I'm reading the Hebrew, and the Hebrew is succinct and clear and sharp and um and has a big impact on me and then the the polysyllabic you know awkwardness of the English translation is especially true in psalms just just makes me think, eh.
1: Um, of course, the J- the appellation only works for the JPS translation in West Virginia. Uh, otherwise, um, sorry, had to go there. Um, so Everett Fox, I always like comparing Everett Fox to, um, to Alter. Uh, he doesn't make that kind of a comment, but in his translation, he's sensitive to Alter's comment because Everett Fox says, that is my name for the ages. That's interesting, for the ages, le olam, for the ages. That is my title. He turns zikri to title, which sort of works, right? It's farther away from the zecher root of memory, mention, and um, appellation, um, but but it's there. He puts in a parenthesis from that is my title from generation to generation. What I find interesting about the way he writes it is that he 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 doesn't put parentheses around the word to, even though the word to is also not in the in the. Phrase, right as sue and um uh, and her soulmate uncleus inserted the two but it's not there right but neither is the from and for some reason he decided to put a um uh, a, a, a word the word from in parentheses even though in the hebrew there's more of a sense of a preposition before the first one than in between the two right there is a lit door door and mm-hmm. he Puts the the lit as a from in parentheses and throws in the two. He also has a little, a little note on it and he says um, for the for the word that he t- gives as title zikhri others he writes memorial. So that's also interesting. We think of memorial when it, as as a word in English that refers to death, but memorial is something that is remembered, right? So um, a memorial can can also be totally disconnected from the concept of death, at least in terms of the showresh of the word memorial. So. Uh, the translators are working hard here and 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 there isn't agreement and we'll we'll, we'll I we'll get to Rashi eventually and he'll thicken the plot. Uh Barry and then Rick. Uh, Rabbi? Oh yes, please. Sorry Dan.
6: Yeah, I just just a, a little comment in in the Siddur um in some of the translations and I think it's Nishmat but it's probably in other places too. We talk about the remembrance of God as opposed to God. And I'm wondering if, if somehow, if, if that's linked somehow to this zikri.
1: yeah, the right? The, the the memory of you, the mentioning of you, yeah. The root is the it, it's. You know, I love roots, and it's a great root, zayin kaf resh. Um, you know, the, the whole zikhra section of Rosh Hashanah. Hmm. Whenever we try to translate into English, we get tongue-tied. We move to polysyllabic words like remembrances. Um, doesn't really work, but memories doesn't work either because it's not. That section isn't about memory; it's about God's promise to re, to to recall us to be in relationship with us. That's that's what the notes are. So to translate it as memories doesn't really work. Um, and you're right. Um, when, when in, in tefillah, when we refer to zikracha, the, the the mentioning of you, the memory of you, it has to do with our our continuing to recall that you are in our life. Um, so that's related to memory, but it's something bigger than just memory. Right? Memory is memory is very amorphous. You ever think about like when you're trying to retrieve a memory? I mean, this goes to just the whole theory of the mind in general. You're trying to retrieve a memory, and you and and you can't retrieve it, and then you do retrieve it. What does that actually mean? Does it mean that before you could retrieve it, you had? For, we discussed this on what we we're discussing: remembering and forgetting. Does it mean that you had forgotten it? And now you remember it or you'd always remembered it. You just couldn't find it. it is in the wrong file. Right. Um, I was at dinner last night where for some reason we were talking about um, uh, early childhood memories. And I asked Lev what was his earliest memory? And I was, and as I was hearing his answer, I was trying to think, I, I was in my own head thinking about the process. What's actually happening when someone is trying to remember their first memory. And what does that mean that you remember it, but you don't remember a minute before that. So memory is a, is a, is an amorphous idea and the hebrew um um use of zecher is something more substantive it's it's a recalling it's a telling it's a recitation it's saying kiddush, it's being in relationship with um, and it's a it's, it's a it's a it's a deeper concept um Barry and then Rick so uh, door door
4: and uh I'll share. Here, here I'll use the word "becoming," uh, and I referred to this previously in the, in the Zohar interpretation of the Bet of Brachit is the, the the becoming of creation. It is it is un, There's no end to it. God is. It's a continuing, a always continuing becoming. Yeah. That that's what God is. It's uh, it's a, always forever a continuing a becoming, and this remember is it's it changing our mental channel. To, can can we can we get our mental space into that concept that I just expressed? The 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 c- continuing becoming that God is.
1: Yeah. Great. Let's hear Rick. And then I want to at least do a little bit of Rashi because we've we've, we've, we've lingered on the verse and now I want to resolve some of it through Rashi. Uh, Go ahead, Rick.
8: Hi. Okay, so it's not a trope thing. It's a French thing. My mom was born in Belgium. She learned French. So I, like an idiot, instead of taking Spanish, I took French in high school. But I learned there's different ways to say I am. You can say je suis or you can say je m'appelle. So the appellation with Larry triggered in my head, uh, "Je m'appelle." So you can say "I am" or "I call myself." So the "call myself" isn't really what who you are. It's just something that you want to call yourself to be known as. So um, I would I would parallel that with "Zeshmi." This is who I am, uh, uh, but then I call myself uh, the other one. So That's I just great. thought I'd throw that in there.
1: Yeah, Zez Zichri does does scan well to Je m'appelle, right? I I Je, and, right, like je m'appelle is Je I me me appel call I call myself me a name I call myself fa a long long way to run. Okay, back to Sue. Let's look at um, the first Rashi, which 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 is totally off of our topic and is a playing with. I'll just give you you know a spoiler playing with the word le'olam. Uh, in, a to- in a way that we hadn't mentioned at all. So go ahead. Okay, I can't find... Oh, Zeshmi Leolam.
2: Yeah.
1: This, this is the first
2: Rashi in the whole thing, right? Yeah. This is the first Rashi in the verse, correct. lomar and then where, nun. Is that
1: it. So, so, so work with that.
2: Okay. Um, the word loolam is missing a vav.
1: Right, and so the, there would be a vav normally. When we spell the word olam out, there's a vav in between mm-hmm. the ayin and the lamid. And in okay. grammar, a cholom—that's the o sound, that's the long o—cholom malay, full cholom with a vav, and cholom chaser just the dot without the vav are pronounced exactly the same. It's not like the difference between a kamatz or a patach where one is a long, uh, and one is a short ah. Uh. These are both long ah, uh, uh, o's, but um, without the vav, it gives license to a, a, a midrashist to write a midrash in it. So the, from the fact that the vav is not there, and all of a sudden, you if you look at the word without uh, vowels, it doesn't have to be l-olam, it could be l li- alain le alem, ayin lamed mem is another wonderful root it means in some ways world and forever it means a young maiden and it also means a lack or a disappearance lehit alem means to ignore to not pay attention to lotita alem is one of our obligations in parshat keitzah that to not not to not ignore the suffering of an animal or a person in your presence So is
2: is Ne'alam, it's the same, that's the same
1: shortage. Correct, Ne'alamthi, I disappeared, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, in in Masechet Shabbat, in the Talmud, there is a long conversation, or maybe it just took us a long time to understand it, it's not even that long, about um, the notion of, see if I can bring it together concisely, when you commit several transgressions on Shabbat, the question is, what kind of sacrifice do you owe? And it has to do with whether or not your your omission or your your violation um, was through one hellem, one not knowing, or several hellems. Like, did you did you continuously commit the same violation, thinking it was the one thing, or did you did you keep forgetting that what you were doing was wrong? In which case, those are several violations. Right? And has to do with how many, about, about how many helem's lems, hay, hey, amid, ah, ayin, lamid, nems there are, right? So lacks or omissions or lacuna. So lit lame means to um, conceal, to make something not known, to make something hidden lit aleim in the PL. So if now we, read it. Go ahead. Uh, uh.
2: So it in in he in modern Hebrew when you say Ni is that also the same Shaw? No, no, that's, that's different. A-Lamed, A-Lamed,
1: A-Lamed okay. Never mind. Yeah. Um
2: okay, I'm supposed to go back now here.
1: Yeah, so now um, going to translate that. Uh
2: where am I? Okay, this is uh lalam. Um okay, so it's without the vav, and it means ha'alimuhu, meaning mean something concealing my name, so that it won't be read, so so that it won't be read as it is written. That's why we right. say Hashem.
1: Right, exactly. So, well, not necessarily Hashem, but according to Rashi, this is the core idea of well, why know. a Jew would never do what the Jehovah's Witnesses do, right, yeah. and try to take Yud Hey Vav Hey and pronounce it. Like we, we're, 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 sometimes we get afraid to even to talk about it. We don't read that as Yehovah, right? We don't finish that. That's not how we read it, right? Uh, and the whole sometimes you see uh, Jehovah, you know, written as one of the names of God. That's an attempt uh, reading the Yud as a J to put sound to those four letters. Sometimes you uh, the way Ever Fox translates Yud Hevate is just Y H W H, right? Not trying to. Make it into a word, just the letters representing themselves. Rashi says, quoting from Masechah Sahim, the source for that concept that we don't know that how to pronounce that name, that only the Kohen Gandol knew it, would only recited on Yom Kippur, is here because God says, "Zeshmi le'alim, this is my name to conceal." Where he uh, Rashi puts it in the he feel, "Ha'alimehu conceal it from them." Shelo yikare. So that it not be said out loud, as it is written, but rather, how do we read Yud Hey Vav Hey? Adonai, Adonai. So according to Rashi, according to the Pesachim, this is sort of the halachic, the drashic source for the notion that that Jews pronounce that word as Adonai, and of course that has has morphed into, you know, some Jews I think rather ridiculously. I hope I'm not. Um, critiquing anyone on the on the on the zoom if i am i i take back that word ridiculous um i, I see no reason i'll say that way to not to, to write g slash d right the english letters god represent a concept of a divinity that's not god's name right and so there's no there's no reason from my perspective to to not write out there's no reason to not cross out god there is a reason for us to be protective of the name. And according to Rashi, it's sourced here. lame not le-alame. um Okay, uh, Rick, is your hand up from now or from before? Oh, okay, Joanna.
0: I find something quite fascinating about this comment in light of, I think it was Tova who said it before, um, you know, how we take this verse and reading it, the Zez to refer to, to the two ways God is referred to. Because... In fact, knowing God as Eya Asher Eya has remained somewhat, you know, has somewhat disappeared or remained hidden in that it is not something that comes to our forefront, our minds on a regular basis. Whereas the second way of referring to God as Adonai Elohei Abraham Elohei Yaakov Elohei Yitzhak Elohei Yaakov is something that is very present and very known to us and very much part of our, our consciousness and our Zeicher,
1: yeah, right. Very, very, very much a part of our Zeicher. Correct. Um, great. Any other comments on on what Joanna just said, or on this Rashi reading? Cutely, le olam as le You must conceal it. Okay. Then Sue, and we're going to go till nine forty-five today for those who can join because we started late. Um, let's go to the next one. Okay.
2: Zechari okay but I'm gonna ask kind of the, the the question that might send us whatever but why are we hiding why why is it hidden
1: meaning what's god's motivation for saying L'além. L'além. yeah well what's your own answer to that question
2: um i don't know <laughs> I don't know I don't have an answer yet. I do have questions. No answer.
1: Mary Diane Norman.
5: Okay. Um, I have a name that I called Diane by, I think secret, bear. And it's a name that only, that I call her. And occasionally other people, I can't even think of an example, have heard me call her that. And then they will call her that. And the reaction is, oi, how can you say that name? That's my name for Diane, for my wife, for everything that she is. And for other people to use that name, um, they can say the word. They can talk about Winnie the Pooh as a bear or whatever. But then to call my wife by that name, there's a yichsa factor even. There's a horrible factor. I don't know why you would possibly <laughs> right. want to do that. So in a sense, I want to hide that name, even though I say it. I never call her Diane, If those of you who know me. I always call her Bear but I don't expect anybody else to use that name. Neither do I. And I want to hide. So I understand the hidden, and I also understand the different names of God in different con, uh, contexts, which is why I'm the guy that gets all hysterical about how people fail to see the distinctions in the various names, appellations, references that we made to the Holy One, blessed be He. That means something very specific um, in certain contexts. Or as Joanna said, Elohei Avraham, Elohei Eskak, Elohei So, yeah, different names for different purposes, and we want to hide some names from other people.
1: Very evocative. Thank you. Norman and Barry?
3: Um, I think uh, names have power, as Larry's story illustrates in general, and certainly uh, God's name has great power, so we believe. And so God says, hey, I'm Yodhe Vavhe, but don't pronounce it that way. Don't give them that name. Um, and we use Adonai when we see Yadhe Vavhe so automatically that the first 20 minutes of this discussion, nobody talked about Yadhe Vavhe. Mm-hmm. We all just referred to that word as Adonai, which is how well ingrained that practice is.
1: Great. Barry?
4: So, in the way that uh, Moshe asked, uh, to see God's face. God says, you cannot see my face. Uh, And in in a sense that uh, having someone's name gives us a sense of control or power over that person because we know their name. Um, But uh, So uh, God's name is, God's self is concealed from us. God is unknowable to us, so don't even try. Yeah.
1: So I think very. I think all those three comments are apt. there is this wonderful and ongoing paradox in our relationship with God. Are introduced to that God um, in the Torah, which is that God beckons us and says, "Come, be close to me," and God says, "Stay away from me." I right? Come close to the, Mount Sinai. Stay, uh, and then don't. But don't. But don't pass that border. Moshe, you are the only one who saw me panim el panim, face to face. But you actually didn't, because I didn't permit you to. Right. So there is a bit of a of a, of a push-pull in the in the Hebrew dynamic of the relationship between God, which means that you know it's that imminent transcendent machloket that Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael made famous in the Gemara. God is right here by our side. We know God's name. We have we we, we don't know God's name, but we have so many names for God, right? So la uh, conceal my actual name. But then you've got the kaddish Baruch Hu and the Abishter and the Rabonosha Olam and Hashem and Adunai and Eloheinu and Sur, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So we don't know God's name, but we there's nothing for which we have more names. We have as many names for God as the Eskimos have for snow. So these are really interesting paradoxes that that have been part of our experience, of the divine, since the beginning. And we're we're seeing we're seeing the core kernels of that, right? Remember that. We're, we're we're looking at this as this material has been refracted through millennia but at least in the verses themselves right rashi's obviously you know well over a thousand years later but in the verses themselves we're actually seeing the building blocks for this wonderful and confusing and confused relationship with the divine right our relationship with the divine harder and more challenging than a Christological understanding of the divine where it's, you know, we know what, you know, the Christians know what their God looks like and they, their God felt on the cross. Uh, we don't, we, we, we're not even sure what to call that God. And, the, and that God wants us to call out to that God, but doesn't want us to know the um, the address, the URL to whom to call out. And that's that's a, a complex faith uh, that sometimes makes it hard to know what it is re- in like grabbing onto. Um, Larry, Diane, raise your hand up. Okay, let's do this because the next, the, the, um...
2: you want me to read the Yeah,
1: viz- Read it quickly. We're not going to have time time to finish, finish it, but just read it because we're in the middle of a verse. Limdu.
2: Okay, v'zeh lim Limdo.
1: Limdo, right, <laughs> limdo.
2: Rabbi. Limdo he'ach achnikra v'chein David omer in that psalm, um... Uh Hashem Shemcha Leolam. Hey, no. What is that? Yeah, Hashem. Hashem Shimcha Leolam. Hashem Zich Zichcha Le vador. There's a va there. Ledor Vador. That's it, right? Right. Um okay. He he this is my memorial. He taught he Hey he taught him to to call what, he taught him how it, it is he taught him how to say it right and um David just like David said in that psalm the uh, Hashem is the name is how you'll be called forever forever and that's how it will you'll be remembered throughout the ages.
1: Right. So it'll take a little more time to unpack fully. and We'll do that next week. Just two quick comments. One, this, Diane, I think is one of the things you may have been mentioning. This is the Psalm 135, Halel HaGadol, which we say, Sukkot is Shabbat and And in that Psalm, we have Adonai Zichracha. God is your remembrance. God is your is, is is the way that we recall you. And there it's Lador, Vador. That Vav that is there. And the first three words is Rashi saying that what's happening when God goes to Vezichri after Zeshmi is God says, "Oh, and after I tell you conceal my actual name, well then you have to know some way to refer to me. Ah, Vezezichri. This is how you should mention it. And according to the tradition, that's where God says to Moshe, pronounce Yud Hey Vav Hey as Adonai Zezichri Zeshmi, but." La This is my name. Conceal it. This is um, this is my uh, remembrance. Um, the way you should actually pronounce it. Uh, Joanna, was I was I one Psalm off? That's one thirty six. Okay, I may have been one one Psalm off. So it's like it's the Psalm in is just before.